Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Dolgan Takes Podcast. I am your host, David Dolgan, and I am very excited to get this episode underway. The NFL season starts Thursday. We've got trades, signings, acquisitions. Tune in later as we will also make our final predictions for the NFL season. I am joined by a very special guest, Marco Injury, host of the N1 Podcast. If you haven't listened, make sure to check it out, the N1 Podcast. How are you doing today, Marco? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm very happy that we finally got to record this episode. And so let's just dive right into it. Khalil Mack is headed to the Windy City in Chicago. The Bears have traded the 2019 first-round pick and 2020 first-round pick for the linebacker uh, from Oakland, and now he's headed to Chicago. There have also been uh, some more picks, 2020 first round from the Bear, or 2020 third round from the Bears as well, and their 196th round, and they also got from the Raiders a second round of 2020 and a conditional 2025th round pick. We'll start with you, Marco. What are your reactions to this trade? So the Oakland Raiders uh, got as much as they could out of this trade from any team in the league, but the problem I have with it is you, you don't trade your franchise player, your franchise defensive player, young guy, healthy, drafted in the first round, and and they had some issues and they had to trade him. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he ever had any. He's not injury prone. Um, obviously, he gets the money that he deserves as a as a top tier linebacker slash defensive end in the league. So uh, like, like we're getting into in the next uh, segment here with this with Khalil Mack's contract. He's getting the money he deserves, and uh, there really wasn't that many issues. But Khalil Mack just um, wanting wanting money, wanting those years on his contract, and Oakland wouldn't give it to him, so they decided to trade him. So that's my problem. Is yeah, Oakland got you know the first rounders. They got as much as they could, like I said, but but they failed because he's young, he's not injury prone, and he was their franchise defensive player, and now he's gone. Yeah, I, I feel like looking at the Bears side of things. It's it's great that they got a, a defensive player like this. He's a top probably a top five defensive player, maybe more in the NFL. But the thing was that the Bears are a rebuilding team and they just traded pretty much the whole future to first round picks for this guy who's obviously tremendous, but he's twenty seven years old, so they'll probably get two, three more elite years out of him. And I just I don't know if it was worth the risk for him. It may have been, but not totally sure if it was. I I just feel like if they wanted a guy like Mac, they need to like Trubisky needs to be the guy they think he is and win early, kind of turn into maybe like a Jared Goff type season that he had last year, and and they have to start winning now with Mac. And I, I just don't know if it was a great trade for the Bears. I could be wrong. I mean, if they're playing Green Bay in Lambeau Sunday night, if they go into Lambeau and they win against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, then I think they'll be a legit team, and this is probably a good trade for them. But for right now, I'm just a little questionable about the trade. And for the Raiders, yeah, I don't think it was a good trade for them either. I think they should have kept Mac. I uh, I just don't know about this for either team, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I personally, I think it's a lose-lose. I think they would have been better off where they were. Obviously, it helps the Bears, uh, you know, getting Khalil Mack. But what they gave away, like you said, giving away a bit of their future, um, still being a bit of a rebuilding team with a young quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. Obviously, they're set in stone with their young running back core. Uh, two good guys there, two good players there with uh, Howard and Cohen, I'm pretty sure. Um, a solid receiver core that they're still building. But giving away a bit of their future like that for a defensive end, um, upping their title odds from 100-1 to to 40-1, to they really got to focus on winning now, like you said. And Mitch Trubisky really isn't a win-now kind of guy. I don't think uh, this season he's not even he, – he might not even pass for over 1,100 yards. I mean, last season was just it – was, it was pretty awful. I know he was a rookie, you know, obviously give him some time. But uh, I, I just with, – with how much they gave up, they kind of have to shift from a rebuild to a win-now mode. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I, the Packers are still are still 100% better than the Bears, but uh, it will just the, we'll we'll see how how they do things. They've been really s- switching up their entire roster and, and yeah, throwing us some wild some some flags, some wild cards. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. I just feel like I don't know if it was worth trading the Bears' future when they're a rebuilding right. team. They're still a pretty their defense is still a very good. They're probably top. They're probably on the upper half of defense, I would say, but their offense definitely is not quite there yet. I just don't. See, I still – before this trade, they were a pretty underrated team. 
But now I don't. I, I just don't know if it was a great trade for them. But right, uh, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to another trade that just recently happened. Teddy Bridgewater from the New York Jets was traded to the New Orleans Saints for just a 2019 third round pick. The Jets also included his sixth round pick to New Orleans. What are your thoughts on this trade? Okay, so let me start with the Jets. Uh, they traded Teddy Bridgewater because they're very confident in Sam Darnold, their rookie. They like Josh McCown uh, behind him to lead or, or to teach him, really. Um, they didn't give Josh McCown $10 million for nothing, obviously, if they're bringing him off the bench. They're obviously, uh, you know, they were wanting a younger quarterback to be able to learn from him, even though Josh McCown is an awful quarterback, in my opinion. But anyway, back to the trade. Um, they're very confident in those two guys. They wanted to get rid of Bridgewater. They wanted to use him as a trade piece. Uh, they brought in that third rounder to hopefully lure in uh, Khalil Mack um, in a trade with Oakland. Obviously, that was the whole story behind it was they wanted Khalil Mack. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, though, moving over to the Saints, great backup quarterback. I mean, he is the bare minimum of, of what you want as a as a uh, a, a your QB1. He is an average uh, passer, and if he needs to, he can get out of the pocket. But the whole deal is with him, the reason why he still isn't the starter for the Vikings is because injuries. He gets out of the pocket, but he gets injured. He's very fragile. So, like I said, the bare minimum of who you wanted a starter, but right now let him rest up, um, especially behind Drew Brees. Obviously, Drew Brees is going to be the starter for the Saints. Um, but in the near future, once Bridgewater gets into his true prime and Brees is kind of slowing down with the older age, Bridgewater is going to be a great starter for the Saints as time, comes, as time goes on, I believe. So, it was a great trade for both teams. Um, the Jets, even though not getting Mac out of it like they wanted to with the third rounder, they still have a third rounder uh, to trade or, you know, get a solid piece in the draft. And the Saints now have a good backup quarterback. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good trade, uh, especially just for Teddy Bridgewater. He was in a pretty tough situation with New York. Maybe could have gotten some playing time this year, but obviously for the future, the New York Jets made it clear with picking him third, everyone knew Sam Darnold was their future guy. Right. So for Teddy Bridgewater to be traded to New Orleans, and New Orleans really didn't give up that much to get him, uh, quite possibly being the successor of Drew Brees, I, I, I think this definitely worked out for him. It worked out for the Saints. And I wouldn't say that it was that bad for the Jets because it was, Teddy Bridgewater really wasn't going to do much for them in the future. So I think it was pretty much a win-win for both teams. Right, I agree. So, uh, yeah. Let's move on to the next topic. Aaron Donald got paid six years, $135 million, $87 million guaranteed. What are your thoughts on this? What does this mean for Aaron Donald and the Rams? And he deserves every penny. Arguably the greatest D, or the best D tackle in the league right now. Uh, still pretty young. Um, very, very dominant. Uh, much help with that Rams defense. I believe the Rams defense is going to be on the uh, higher end. Uh, in the league this upcoming season. And the Rams are very underrated, I believe, coming into this next season when it comes to um, championship contenders. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But, yeah, Aaron Donald deserves every penny. I hope he can uh, be happy and stick around in, uh, in L.A. with the Rams for this upcoming six years. And, uh, yeah, definitely deserved it. Yeah, I think Aaron Donald, I mean, the way the NFL is today, the amount that people are getting paid, I think it was worth it as well. I mean, Aaron Donald, not only – I think he's clearly the best defensive tackle. You could make an argument for even the best defensive player. I mean, he just won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Aaron right. Donald probably was worth every penny of this deal. He's he's young. He's a very, a very talented in L.A., and he's clearly the centerpiece of this defense. The way that players are getting paid today, I think he was he was totally worth it in L.A., and I think he'll be very good for the next six years or whatever for the Rams years to come. Aaron Donner will be great for the L.A. Rams. Agreed. Uh, another free agency thing that happened was Dan Bailey just got cut by the Dallas Cowboys, the second most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL. He got cut. And my thoughts on this is if you're the L.A. Chargers, you go after Dan Bailey right now. The L.A. Chargers, to me, are one of the most underrated, one of the best teams in the NFL, I think. They are stacked all the way around they 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 totally need a kicker like they 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 could have arguably had 12 13 wins last year if they if they had a kicker and dan bailey i think is still one of the best kickers in the league if, if you're the chargers you do whatever you can to go after dan bailey now i and that's a fair that's a fair argument i think the buccaneers need to pick him up asap uh they've had troubles with their kicker in the past 
Uh, they drafted Roberto Aguayo pretty high in the draft a couple years back, if not last year, whenever it was. Uh, he was a rookie last year. Um, they were very high on this dude, and I was too. Uh, one of the most efficient kickers in FBS history. Um, great at Florida State. Roberto Aguayo was just incredible. Buccaneers draft him high, like I said. They start him week one, and, and he was so a very, very poor. The total opposite of what he was in college um, once he came into the NFL. They got rid of him. Uh, like I said, in the past few years, they had Connor Barth, an awful long-range kicker who the Bears now, I believe, have if they didn't cut him yet. Um, Dan Bailey, like you said, a very uh, very efficient kicker. Uh, the Buccaneers need to pick him up. Yeah, either team, the Buccaneers or the Chargers. I just feel like the Chargers, because of the fact that they, they could potentially make it to the playoffs and, and maybe even win in the playoffs, I think – I mean, you're going to need a kicker to do that. We've seen multiple games over the past few years where it's been come down to kicks, long range. We saw Dan Bailey hit that uh, Packers versus Cowboys. He hit a clutch kick before Aaron Rodgers, obviously, hit, hit that throw to Jared Cook. And then Mason Crosby hit another long kick. And, and there were ones like that, the Saints versus Vikings game. And not only in the postseason, but in the regular season, too. Kickers, especially down the stretch, are very important. And Dan Bailey is one of the best in the league still in my opinion, and I think, yeah, the Chargers or the Buccaneers, just any team, just go get Dan Bailey if you need a kicker. 100%. Agree. So, not much is going on in the NBA right now, so I thought it would be good to maybe sit down and just discuss our NBA Mount Rushmore. Top four greatest players of all time. Uh, do you want to rank them, Marco, or should we just, should we just stay four guys? So, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of both here since we, we wouldn't really touch up on it too much. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to give uh, give both of mine unless unless you want to just give your top four or or uh, just your just four guys, whatever you, you want to do. You, you could go first, and then, okay. and then we'll go from there. So my top four greatest of all time goes Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. But – uh, if if I'm going to throw out a Mount Rushmore, I really want to put in MJ, of course, LeBron James, um, Kobe Bryant, and 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 either Magic Bird or Will. It can be any of those three guys at the four spot because I believe a Mount Rushmore really is who had the biggest impact rather than the top four. But if you just want to say your top four players of all time, then, then mine's, like I said, Jordan, LeBron, uh, a Magic Bird. But if we're talking impact on the game of basketball um, in the history of the NBA, uh, Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, uh, Magic, or Bird, or Will, for me. Okay, so you're saying like the four greatest, biggest impact guys are, are Michael, LeBron, Kobe, and one of those three guys. But, but you, you went through the four best as Michael, LeBron, Magic, and Bird, correct? Correct. Okay, I was just confirming. Okay, so – uh, I'll go through my who I thought were the four best, and then I'll I'll consider who the four greatest are if we want to do a Mount Rushmore. But for my four best, uh, they're pretty similar to yours, but I have one different spot that uh, you were discussing about this player on your last podcast. Uh, you weren't a huge fan of him, but one I've got Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson is in there as well. You got LeBron James, and then I got Bill Russell in mind. I think. I think what he did to the NBA, he he 100% deserves to be in that in that Mount Rushmore conversation. And I'm high on Bill Russell. I'm a Celtics fan, die hard. I love what Bill Russell did. He brought us 11 rings. But uh I always I've always seen him as a poor man's will. And, and you know, I think I think with Will bringing in the 100 point game, um you know, because still today we can see a team win 11 rings, you know, it, Today, we're not going to see any 100-point games anytime soon, and we're not going to see any 50-rebound-per-game seasons, uh, and we're not going to see anyone oop themselves from the free-throw line uh, You know when they're shooting a free-throw like Will attempted um, before they changed that rule up. So I think you know Will really changed the game more, had a bigger impact than Bill, in my opinion. But, I mean, Russell still brought you know that Lakers squad – or the Lakers, excuse me, that Celtics squad uh, – uh, 11 rings and he, he changed the game of basketball. Definitely had a huge impact on the game of basketball as well. Yeah. So my thought on the, the Wilt versus Bill Russell thing, 
offense and scoring, there there's no argument. It's clearly Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain was clearly a more athletic player. But on the defensive side of things, I it's completely lopsided to Bill Russell. Bill Bill Russell wasn't as much was must not as much focused on the offensive side and completely carrying his team in scoring and athleticism. But on defense, he he was the guy that it, it was just all about winning. He was obsessed with winning. And some people try to say it was because of his teammates or because of Red Arbach, who I personally believe is the best coach in NBA history. You you look at Bill Russell in college. He won two back-to-back national championships in high school, two back-to-back state championships. So I think Bill Russell was just always a winner, and he was obsessed with winning 11 rings. In my opinion, the best defensive player in NBA history. You could argue that with many people. And on rebounding, Wilt averaged one more rebound per game, but he was also like three inches taller. So I I would take Russell in that. Uh, Maybe Wilt was a bit more talented, but – but in general, when I rank players, I do it with how good they were, how talented they were, along with how much they won and their impact to the game. And I think Bill Russell beats Will in that argument. And, and lucky for Bill Russell, this is what I talk about a lot. It takes a team to win. Lucky for Bill Russell, he had a better team. He played along Havlicek, uh, if I believe Havlicek, um, uh, Bob Cousy, right? Uh, just more more Hall of Famers. Uh, I read today it was it was over ten Hall of Famers he's Bill Russell played with throughout his career, and, and Will Chamberlain didn't always have that kind of help. Uh, he got two rings, both or uh, or one with Jerry West um, in the seventies Lakers. Obviously, you know it, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to finals, it takes a team to win, and that is why I believe uh, Bill Russell focused more on the defensive end because they the Celtics as a squad. Had uh, had much better scores like John Havlicek, a very very good score. That's very true. Um, you know he didn't have to focus on the offensive end as much as Will did. Will really had to carry, and it really slowed down. You know, come come defense really like like LeBron James for example carried the offensive load and come you know come around towards the defensive end and, and he plays little to none. And so you know I mean there's what ifs everywhere. There's you know switch these two players. Uh, on the opposing teams, and it'd be a different story. Obviously, we just got to go off based on what on what what happened. You know, uh, Will Chamberlain, you know, couldn't uh, you know change his opponents. He scored 100 points in that game because that's what he had in front of him. There's nothing he could have done about that, right? He went out there and gave it his all, just like every other player does. So, but at the end of the day, rings. I really don't like to use an individual player comparison and and debate argument, whatever, because like I said, it it just it takes a team to win. So, you know, when I see a ring, it's like, yeah, you were a part of a team that got that ring. Obviously, Bill Russell was a big part uh, with being a top 10 player of all time. But, um, you know, I just I just don't like to bring rings into an individual player comparison. Yeah, I, I could see where you're coming from. I just I just feel like like 11 rings just they, they don't happen on accident, because one thing about Bill Russell, people don't realize he didn't just happen to win those. He was he was one of the most clutch players to ever play. He was 10. And oh, in like deciding like game five or game seven, because there were series where it was a, a five game series. But in game fives and game sevens, he was undefeated, 10 and 0, 11 and 1 in the finals. And I, I just can't get past and look over that and say that there are like a ton of guys that are better than him. I, I just personally don't see it. I could see your argument for Wilt and for it's a team accomplishment, but. Uh, to me, it's just eleven is is so much better than two ten and zero in those games. Best defender of all time. I don't know. I I just I personally have Bill Russell, and for me, I I I do like to use rings in those arguments because I feel like I feel like they matter. And and I know it's a team accomplishment, but it takes it it takes players on a team to win the ring, and and a ring kind of establishes how how good you were. And if you did, everyone goes into the season trying to win a ring I think we could both agree that that's the main goal for players in any sport and not just professional sports like high school it's to win a state championship college to win the national championship if it's football basketball whatever it is it's to win that championship and I think the ring from that season describes how well you you came through on your goal right and the main goal in sports is to win uh and it it just I kind of lost my train of thought here but you know, that's why LeBron James, you know, he, he drug that, that whole city to the finals. But, you know, why, why, did they, why did they lose in the finals if he was able to bring them that whole entire way? Because the Warriors clearly had a better team. 
You know, it, it takes players, plural. It takes a team to come together and, and get that ring. Obviously, LeBron James in 2016, LeBron and Kyrie were, you know, major, major and and winning those rings. And, you know, without Kyrie on that squad or without LeBron James, they obviously wouldn't have been in that situation, clearly. Um, but again, it, it just, the team has to come together to to win it all and be on that big stage. So, you know, LeBron James did as much as he could. But at the end of the day, the Warriors were obviously the better team um, and the best team in the entire league. Yeah, obviously, LeBron James is a terrific basketball player. I, I don't really think there's anyone that argues that even though he's he hasn't been that dynasty, it's it's been the Warriors. I think pretty much everyone says that he's the best player in the world, except maybe a few people say it's Kevin Durant or maybe it's the former MVP, James Harden. But pretty much everyone will say that LeBron James is the best. And that's a good point that the Warriors, were everyone knows, are a better team. LeBron's the best player. Uh, so is there anything more you want to touch on on the NBA? No, that's all. That's all I got. Okay, let's move on to our final NFL season predictions before going into the NFL season. So these are our final predictions. NFC North, we'll rank them by – do you want to do it where we rank them by division and then we just go through and then it goes playoffs and whatever? Whatever you want. Just just throw it at me. Okay, so we'll start with the NFC North and, and then we'll go through. We'll each say our predictions for each division and, and we'll just go through it that way and see what happens. So we'll start – Start with the NFC North. I think the Vikings are the best team in the division. I still think they will win the division. They got talent throughout. They, in my opinion, have the best defense in the league. They've got star power. Mike Zimmer is one of the best head coaches in the league. They got an upgraded quarterback. They did lose Pat Shermer, who's a great offensive coordinator, but with an upgrade at QB at Kirk Cousins with still that terrific defense depth throughout. I still believe they will win the division. I think number 12, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have a chance, but I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings taking the division in the NFC North. I think Green Bay will come in second. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is the most talented quarterback in the NFL. I wouldn't say he's the best because Brady has the accomplishments and everything, but the most talented is Aaron Rodgers, and I think he will carry the Green Bay Packers to second place in that division challenging Minnesota first, but not quite getting there. I, I believe Chicago will come in third with this new Khalil Mack signing. I still thought before that, that they would come in third because I thought their defense was pretty good. And then rounding out the division, I think will be the Detroit lions. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's all fair. What you gave me there. Um, I'm going to say the Packers get that, get that uh, first in the NFC North this year, Vikings fighting for second. Um, I still got to think, see, th- see how things play out with Kirk cousins. Um, as their new starting quarterback, obviously a very good defense there in Minnesota. Um, and then, so fighting for that first spot, uh, Green Bay and Minnesota, and then fighting for the uh, the third spot, uh, is Chicago and Detroit. So it's it's going to be a battle uh, in the NFC North. Um, I think that Chicago has a very high chance of grabbing that third seed. Same with Detroit, though. I don't know. They're very inconsistent teams. Uh, we'll see. We'll have to see how Trubisky can step up and and be a much better starting quarterback for Chicago as opposed to last season. Um, in Detroit, they're very inconsistent. They're gonna have to stick to it like they do late in late in uh, in in the year, um, like they have been the past couple of seasons. They really step up uh, later in the year, and they need to they need to stay consistent if they want to even grab a two seed um, in the NFC North. I believe they definitely could, uh, depending on how you know Kirk Cousins can play this upcoming season. And how consistent Detroit can stay. So I don't know. It really all comes down. You know, we got new faces um, on on each team. And uh, speaking with Aaron Rodgers, uh, or speaking on Aaron Rodgers, I think that this upcoming season he will surpass Tom Brady as, <clears throat> excuse me, the best quarterback in the league. Like you said, I believe he is uh, a more talented quarterback. Um, and obviously, if we're talking career, Tom Brady obviously is, you know, up there, obviously ahead of Aaron Rodgers. But right now, I think that I'm definitely starting a team, obviously, with Aaron Rodgers with a younger age. And for this upcoming season, just one season, I'm going to go ahead and pick Aaron Rodgers. I think that his his reads and his, his efficiency when throwing the ball are, are right on Tom Brady's tail. And if he needs to get out of the pocket, he's very smart with that. Obviously, he's had some collarbone issues in the recent years, but uh, he's very smart when getting out of the pocket, uh, something that Tom Brady really – isn't that great at doing is, is scrambling around when he's in trouble. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. But we could go all day long debating Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Uh, one thing about this division is Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions. Matt Stafford's going to really have to step it up. I do believe that Matt Stafford is probably a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, probably right around that 9 or 10 spot. But he needs to step it up. I, a lot of people don't know his career record against 500 or above teams is 6-52. and 52. So most of his wins come from below 500 teams, who he will be playing a lot this year because they will have a third-place schedule. But Matt Stafford is going to have to step up and be able to win against uh, against 500 or above teams if they want to do good in this division. I just don't see it happening with the Lions this year, even though I like Matt Stafford a lot. I think he's a good QB, but he needs to step up his play against against great teams. And that's what I say every year, um, these past three years now, with Matt Stafford. I've been saying the same thing. He needs to step it up. He needs to be more consistent. A few years back, he lost Calvin Johnson, Johnson, and he brought in Golden Tate, and now Marvin Jones Jr. He, he needs to step it up, and he needs to just stop slinging it around. He reminds me a little bit of Brett Favre. He needs to be more efficient with the ball, make smarter reads. Uh, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones Jr. are there to just get that ball and fly down the field. That's what they do best. They're, they're very underrated receivers. Uh, they're very good young guys. And, and Matt Stafford, he just needs to stay more consistent. The defense needs to stay more consistent and stay healthy. And they, in my opinion, could easily grab uh, that second spot in the NFC North. Yeah, I'm really excited to see if the Lions, what they do this year, if Matt Stafford could step it up. But let's move on to the NFC South. Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers. I think it'll go the Saints taking uh, the first place in that division. Uh, I believe in second will be the Atlanta Falcons with Calvin Ridley now joining the team. I think uh, now they have a third-place schedule. I, I think they'll have a good record and, and come in second. I think third place will probably be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they, they made the playoffs last year. I don't think they'll make it back this year. And then fourth will be uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, yeah, that's all fair to say. I, I think it's going to be a cakewalk for New Orleans this year um, in winning the division. I think Falcons will definitely be second. Panthers will grab the third and Buccaneers fourth, I believe, is the same as your uh, top four there in the NFC South. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's going to be a cakewalk for New Orleans. Um, possible uh, championship contenders, and we'll get into that a little bit later here. Um, really like what they did last year. They're going to be even better this year. Uh, great running back duo. Drew Brees is still really good, very underrated, I believe. Uh, the defense is really stepping up. We knew a couple years ago that the defense was the downfall for the Saints, and that is why they just kept losing games over and over and over. It's because the defense would just give in uh, in the clutch. And now their defense is really stepping it up. If they can all stay healthy, they're a very well-rounded team. And I believe that the Saints easily grab the one spot in the NFC South. Yeah, and uh, and one thing about the Saints is their defense definitely stepped it up, like you said. And they just uh, traded up and grabbed uh, arguably the best or probably the second best after Bradley Chubb defensive end in the draft in Marcus Davenport. Uh, so that he, he they, I think they brought him up to be the other side along with Cameron Jordan and to give quarterbacks trouble because they kind of struggled last year because besides Cameron Jordan, the D-line didn't do much, so quarterbacks had more time. Now they got a young pass rusher on the other side, Marcus Davenport, who uh, should help out the Saints on the defensive side when it comes to rushing the passer. Yeah, definitely agree. Uh, and another thing is the Buccaneers. I think they could pr- they might even end up with the worst record in the NFL I just feel like with the whole Jameis Winston drama nobody knows who's going to be the starting QB it doesn't look like their their coaching is quite there I I just feel like it's a it's a potential it's a potential fire there in uh in Tampa Bay I just don't really like what what I see there yeah definitely I saw a report saying that or that Jameis Winston isn't the guaranteed QB1 going into uh Sunday I believe is when they play their first game so yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something down there in Tampa Bay. We'll see how that pans out. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I just I I don't see anything coming from them, and it's weird because last year I made my predictions. I actually had Tampa Bay doing very well. It looked like uh, Jameis Winston was looking very good. They had his weapons and the defense looked put together. But after this year and after this off season, it is not looking good for the Buccaneers. Agreed. So we'll move on to the NFC East now. And first, I or we'll we'll start with yeah the NFC East. And first, I actually have the Dallas Cowboys, and and it's mostly because since two thousand four, two thousand four was the last time in the NFC East where there was a back to back division winner. 
That was the last time that in the NFC East, a team won the division back-to-back. I, I think the Cowboys will grab that spot because of the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is coming off the suspension. He doesn't have a suspension anymore. He, he's he, he's done with that. They have an easier schedule than they did last year. Philly has that first-place schedule. They got to play the Rams. They got to play the Saints, the Vikings. Also, Philly this week has they, – they don't have their – they don't have Carson Wentz. And I feel like they're they're a little cocky after winning the Super Bowl, and I, I'm just hoping it doesn't it doesn't affect them in the season. I'm gonna say Dallas takes the division in the NFC. So I think Philly will come in second, and then I think the Giants will take the third place spot, and I think the Redskins will round out the division in fourth. They're not a terrible last place team, but probably will come in last in this division. And and uh, I, I can see. I can see some of that. Um, not, I'm not too high on the Cowboys coming into this uh, coming this upcoming season here, but I'm, I'm going to give Philadelphia that one spot. I'm going to give uh, the Redskins the second. Um, and then that third spot is a toss-up between Dallas and New York. And it's funny that you have Dallas at, uh, grabbing the, the first seed, I guess, in the NFC East because I have them uh, in the bottom. Uh, of the NFC East. I think the Giants are pretty underrated coming in this uh, coming into this upcoming season and uh, could even grab the two seed right behind Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Washington now has Alex Smith, a Pro Bowl quarterback. They're pretty well-rounded, but they're also injury-prone, very inconsistent. So I honestly see if the Giants can stay healthy. We know that Odell has some issues with injuries. Eli is a pretty inconsistent quarterback. Um, but the Giants are really stepping it up, a pretty underrated team. This one, this division is going to be a toss-up, definitely. It all depends on on uh, on health and consistency. Those are two main things because chemistry really isn't a big deal breaker um, in the NFL. We never see too much issues, too many issues with chemistry like uh, in the NFL like we do in the NBA. So um, this this NFC East this year is going to be is going to be a flip of a coin. But my top four is Philadelphia, Washington, New York Giants, and and the Dallas Cowboys at the bottom. Yeah, it, it's an interesting division. It, it always is every year. I always love to see how the NFC East plays out. Last year, everyone thought Dallas would have a cakewalk coming in first, right? And it and it completely they completely disappointed. And Philly out of nowhere took the first place. Obviously, ended up going on and winning the Super Bowl. So you never know. Who knows? Maybe the Redskins will win the Super Bowl this year. Like uh, no one ever knows what's going to happen in this division in the NFC East. But I have I have Dallas taking it. We'll move on to the rat to the West, and I have an unpopular opinion out in the West. I think San Francisco will actually take the division, and here's why. The L.A. Rams, everyone obviously very high on them. Aaron Donald, terrific. They got all these new signings on their defense, but one thing is their schedule. They have to play tough teams, and on their defense, they have uh, they, they just got Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, and Adama Kongsu, who are great talents, but are three of the biggest hotheads in the NFL. And you just made a point about chemistry. I just don't feel I, – I think if, if they have a rough patch in their schedule, and if they do, if they start losing games, I, I don't know how well it's going to go out in L.A. with the with the chemistry. And, and San Francisco with a last-place schedule, who Jimmy Garoppolo, who I believe is a legit quarterback in the NFL, they also have Reuben Foster. Now they got Richard Sherman. They got an upgrade at offensive line with Mike McGlinchey who they picked early in the draft. They got Kyle Shanahan, a great offensive-minded head coach, like Sean McVay and like uh, Doug Peterson in Philly. I think the 49ers will surprise people and take the division. I think the Rams come in second, and then Russell Wilson and the Seahawks come in third. I feel like they're not going to come in last because they still have one of the best QBs in the NFL, and then I think the Cardinals will round out the division in fourth. And I'm with you on everything you said there, but I actually have uh, the L.A. Rams, grabbing the one spot um and the and the 49ers grabbing the two spot but everything else you said about Seahawks with the three Cardinals running out with the four um I agree with but I think the LA Rams are going to be a, a top team in the league uh this upcoming season a top three defense in the league uh Jared Goff is only getting better they have Todd Gurley a top two top three running back in the league and their wide receiver core always does pretty well um so I think the Rams are 100% grabbing the one seed. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, but uh, I just think that they're a top three top three team coming into the league this year. So I'm going to have to give the L.A. Rams the one spot. And then, yeah, like I said, 49ers, Seahawks, and Cardinals following. I, I just feel like with the Rams, it, it, 
I don't know. It's a pretty unpopular opinion. I could totally see where anyone's coming from saying they're going to take the division. I just feel like San Francisco is going to be a team that surprises people and ends up coming out uh, with a great offense uh, with a pretty easy schedule, winning games, and end up winning the division. They do have a tough game this Sunday going to Minnesota, which I believe Minnesota will win that game. But I I just feel like San Francisco will be a great team this year in the NFL. The Rams will come in second. so now we'll go to the AFC North, and we'll start with that. I'll say the Steelers come in first. I think uh, they're probably easily the best team in that division. Then the Ravens will come in second. And then in third and fourth, I think the Browns and Bengals will tie. I, I don't really like either team how they look right now. Yeah, that's uh, definitely definitely some facts. So the Steelers, I believe, are 100% a cakewalk in this year's division. Um Steelers, a possible contender uh, this year, uh, top-tier team in the league. Um, Ravens are starting with Lamar Jackson at QB1, I believe is what they said, and Joe Flacco will be the third string with Robert Griffin the third as the uh, the older Lamar Jackson as his backup. Um, the Ravens, they're, gonna, they're a very inconsistent team, as we know. Lamar Jackson, we haven't seen a whole lot from a rookie, obviously. So I do think the Ravens will grab the, two, the, Ravens will grab the, the second spot in the AFC North behind the Steelers. And then, like you said, with the Browns and Bengals, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I don't really see a whole lot of what's going on in Cleveland, whether they're starting to Rod Taylor, whether they're starting Baker Mayfield. Um, besides that, they're a pretty well-rounded team. But then the Bengals, very, very inconsistent. Andy Dalton can go out there and have zero interceptions with 400 yards, or you can go out there and have five interceptions with 100 yards. So, you know, again, consistency is what plays a major role in the NFL. And uh, I, we might we might see the Browns not be uh, rounding out the bottom of the AFC North this year. We don't know yet. Yeah, who knows about the Browns? And I never knew that about the Ravens, so that's interesting to hear that Joe Flacco will actually be a three-seed – or the yep. – I'm sorry, the third string with the Ravens. I think the Ravens are a pretty good team. They got a good defense like they normally do every year. I like John Harbaugh as a head coach. But I, I just don't see them passing the Steelers uh, anytime soon. I think they're definitely the best team in that division. Uh, we'll move on to the AFC South. And in first place in the AFC South, this is assuming everyone's healthy. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. I know it's it's a stretch, but that defensive front, J.J. Watt, when he's healthy, I think is the best defensive player in the NFL. You also got a young Jadavian Clowney who was the first round pick a few years ago, still great, still with tremendous talent, Whitney Merciless uh, on that defensive front also. And then they just got Tyron Matthew in free agency. And now with Deshaun Watson back, obviously was a tremendous QB with the Texans through for many, uh, lots of yards, touchdowns with DeAndre Hopkins. They got Will Fuller, a good offensive line. Uh, I, I just really like this Houston Texans team. And I, I do too. I'm very high on this Texas team. I really like them. When they are when they are playing at full potential, they are a scary team, and they can easily go out there and drop 45 points. They are a a 800 horsepower. I mean, this team will go go go. They are a very dominant team when they're on. And uh, I I think it's a flip of a coin between them and Jacksonville for the first seed in the AFC South. Um, I'm gonna have to give Titans the, the third spot and Indianapolis uh, rounding out that division. But uh, if the Texans are on uh, for the majority of the season, they could definitely grab that first spot. But same for Jacksonville. I just don't know about Blake Bortles. A very, you know, he's not as legit as Jimmy Garoppolo, per se. Uh, he, he still needs some time, I think. This season can definitely be a make or break for, for Bortles. Um, we're just going to have to see how he plays to really determine whether or not they'll grab that, that first spot um, in the AFC South. Yeah, for, for me, for the rest of the division, I'm, I think the Jaguars will come in second. Their defense obviously is great. I just, I don't know, now that they're playing the Patriots, they got to play the Steelers. Uh, I still think, this is assuming everyone's healthy, that they'll come in second. I, I believe Indy has a chance, uh, it will come in third and may even have a chance to come in second or even win the division now that Andrew Luck is back, who I think is a legit quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, he's had injuries, but now he has uh, an improved guard. They're both guards in the center position uh, are now improved for him. So he's got a better offensive line. That defense obviously needs work, though. But I think Indy has a chance to win football games with Andrew Luck like they have in the past. And Titans round out the division in last. I'm not really high on the Tennessee Titans like others are. Marcus Mariota last year threw more interceptions 
than he did touchdowns, which obviously is not a stat that you want to have. Uh, with the Titans, I think they're a good team. I, I don't know if I see it with them in this very tough AFC South. Yeah, and, and you cut out a little bit there. I don't know if you were trying to talk to me, but I, I'm back on now. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I understood what you were going on about there with AFC South. Uh, sorry for not being able to hear what majority of what you were saying. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if the Colts are healthy – their offense is pretty solid, but I don't. I'm not high on their defense whatsoever. Uh, not not good at all. And and the Titans this upcoming season, I think uh, Derrick Henry is a very underrated running back coming in this next season. If Marcus Mariota can stay healthy, um, they have a solid defense over there. And the Jaguars, obviously, a top three defense. In the league. Um, definitely, definitely a toss up in this division um, with what they got going on both ends of the field. Yeah, the, the Colts defense, obviously a huge question mark. I just feel like with Andrew Luck, with an improved offensive line, they'll win football games. But I've heard people talking about this division, and I've heard all different kinds of scenarios. Every team in the, this division, people have had in first. Every team they've had in last. It could go either way. And, and it's, I think, the most interesting division in the NFL this year. Definitely. In the AFC East, uh, uh, once again, I believe the Patriots will have a cakewalk. Will come in first like they do every year. Second place, my dark horse playoff team. I, I don't have them making the playoffs, but um, a lot of people say they're one of the worst teams in the league. I think the New York Jets will come in second. Last year, a lot of people said they'd go 0-16. They ended up winning five games, but many of the games they lost were very close, and now they have Sam Donald at quarterback, who I believe. Maybe not this year will be great, but I think in the future he's a great quarterback for them. But it's still an improvement from what they had last year. They still have those weapons on offense. Uh, Quincy Noon was back. I don't know. I, this Jets team, I think, is a team that will surprise people. I think they'll come in second. Uh, a lot of people will disagree on that, but I think it'll be the Jets. And then the Bills in third. They just got Jermaine Edmonds, who was a steal in the draft. Probably the best linebacker in the whole draft. Him or Roquan Smith could go either way. Josh Allen, obviously, as well. And in fourth place, I, I believe, will be the Dolphins. I do not see it with them whatsoever. Uh, yeah, it's an obvious cakewalk for the for the New England Patriots. That, nothing really to talk about there. Um, and I agree. I have the New York Jets grabbing that, that second spot. I think that they're a pretty well-rounded squad. I think Sam Darnold will kind of find his niche and, and play, uh, play as a pretty solid rookie quarterback into this uh, upcoming season. The Buffalo Bills have announced that they're starting Nathan Peterman um, over Josh Allen, I believe. Um, an interception machine. Nathan Peterman's awful, probably the worst quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Um, and Josh Allen, not too, not too uh, great uh, showing up in the preseason. So unless, uh, you know, as the season goes on, Josh Allen can be implemented in that starting lineup and actually catch us all by surprise, then I'm going to give the Dolphins the third spot and the Bills as uh probably the worst team in the league this upcoming season um, at the four spot. And I was very high on the Bills last season. I was very happy uh, for what they with what they did, and they were able to make it in the playoffs thanks to Andy Dalton and the Bengals. But uh, it's just now with their quarterback situation, there's no possible way they can even sniff the playoffs this upcoming season. Yeah, obviously the Buffalo Bills. I really liked what Tyrod Taylor did last year. I think he's a, he's a pretty good quarterback in this league, and he was one of the main reasons – Arguably the main reason they made it into the playoffs along with Andy Dalton. But, uh, yeah, the the Bills are an interesting team. I feel like Josh Allen is a good fit in Buffalo because of the harsh weather conditions with his strong arm. It, it will be a good fit for him. I just – I don't think he's as good as some other quarterbacks that were taken in that draft. But for Buffalo, I believe he's the right fit. Uh, I, I just uh, don't really see it with, with the Dolphins. I, I, don't, I, I don't see them coming in second or third because – they lost Jarvis Landry, who's a receiver, obviously, a weapon that they lost. And I, I just really – I don't know if the Dolphins are going to do much. Adam Gase is obviously a great coach, but Ryan Tannehill, who knows if he's going to be good now. I mean, it's better than Jay Cutler at least, but I just don't see it with them. Right, yeah. The Dolphins are really just a better uh, Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, but still an awful team. Both teams going to finish uh, towards the bottom of the league uh, standings this upcoming year. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the last division, the AFC West, who's another very interesting division. I think the Chargers will take first place in that division, I, I who I believe are the most complete team in the AFC. 
They got a terrific defense. Casey Hayward, who arguably was the best corner in the league last year, along with a young Joey Bosa, who's only going to improve on uh, defensive end. They got uh, Phillip Rivers at quarterback, who I still think is a top 10 QB in the league. Uh, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. Uh, I believe the Chargers are a terrific team in the NFL. I believe they'll come in first in that division. I believe in second will, however, be the Denver Broncos. A lot of people don't see it. They didn't have a great year last year, but now they got Bradley Chubb in the draft, who I think was a steal for them, and Cleveland really should have picked Bradley Chubb there. But now Denver lucked out, got Bradley Chubb on the other side alongside Von Miller. I think that's going to create havoc for quarterbacks all over, and I think that will be very good for Denver. I think they'll get the the second spot in that division. I think uh, in third place will be the, the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes now they got Obviously, Tyreek Hill is still a good defense. Andy Reid, they could very well come in second dive and then coming in third. And then the Raiders running out the division, obviously, with now Khalil Mack looks like they're rebuilding for the future. But I think they'll come in fourth. And in my opinion, all of that is fair to say. I think the AFC West is another flip of a coin. I think one through four can go to anyone. I am a Broncos fan. I do hope that we obviously grab that first spot. But to be honest with you, I, I, I'm going to just looking at it right now. I'm going to give Denver the fourth spot. Obviously, I, I'm showing no bias as as them being my favorite team. I'm going to give them the fourth spot. Case Keenum last season, incredible. Uh, a top five quarterback last season and just that season. Um, but it just, I, I had a feeling he was going to be one of those one, one and done uh, wonder. that Pat Mahomes is very underrated. He's going to do very good for the Chiefs. They have a very good defense. And everything else around Pat Mahomes is going to help him become such a great quarterback. And um, let me just start with who I think will will grab that first spot. I think Oakland went healthy. They're a very, very, very good team. Um, I know they obviously lost Khalil Mack on the defensive end. But uh, they didn't give John Gruden 10 years, um, 100 mil for nothing. And I think that John Gruden still got something left in the tank. Very good head coach. I think Oakland's going to grab that first seed. Uh, then followed by the Chiefs, then the Chargers, um, and then my Broncos, sadly. But like you said, the Chargers are a very well, well-rounded squad, another very inconsistent team. When they're on, they're on. But when they're faced up against, you know, the Patriots, they are getting wrecked. And, and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, we'll just have to see how their rookie quarterback, Pat Mahomes, will perform. But he has a lot around him, like I said, to uh, really play well. And um, – lead this Chiefs to a possible first seed. Like I said, one through four is is all is all a flip of a coin, in my opinion. Yeah, this is another interesting division, and Mahomes in Kansas City has a, all those weapons around him with a terrific, uh, at least regular season head coach in Andy Reid. He, he has a, actually a better record than many, many different legendary coaches in NFL, in the, in the history of the NFL. So obviously he's a terrific head coach. And, and Kareem Hunt is there with Tyreek Hill. He's got all those weapons. Uh, a great spot for him to succeed is Kansas City, and I think he will do well this year. Uh, I see them coming in third because I just feel like uh, the Chargers are, are, are a great team, and then those Den- your Denver Broncos, I, I think will I, I think they'll be a good team in the NFL this year. I think people might be sleeping on them thinking they're not like they once were, and I don't know if they'll be that good. But I, I think that this defense will go back to at least uh, creating havoc for, for quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. And it with the Denver Broncos, the receiving core is always injured and very inconsistent. And the running back, we have a rookie running back starting week one, I believe. Um, who knows how well he's going to perform. And like I said, Case Keenum now, I, I don't know if he's just a one-year wonder or what because in preseason he didn't show up. And uh, I, this is, that's, my, that's my gut feeling is that Case Keenum just going to be that average quarterback and not anything special. And it's going to be a great defensive year for the Broncos, but a pretty lopsided offensive year for them as well. Yeah, but but who knows? Because uh, we saw in 2015, it was a complete defensive team. I don't know if their defense is as good as it was then, but still a completely defensive-minded team. Peyton Manning obviously was not as he used to be that year in 2015. The offense really wasn't that great completely carried by their defense ended up winning them the Super Bowl. So who knows with the Denver Broncos this year. Right. Uh, let's move on to now our playoff predictions. 
Well, do you want to do it where we pick just the four divisional winners and two wild cards, or do you want to rank the divisional winners by seeds? Uh, we'll just we'll just do the four division winners and two wild uh, two wild cards. Okay, so in the NFC, I think we obviously all went through our predictions. So the four divisional winners uh, will refresh everyone's mind. I had the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC North. I had the New Orleans Saints, the Dallas Cowboys, and the San Francisco 49ers. And my two wild card teams in the NFC are the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. Okay, and uh, and then I'll, I'll just go ahead and give mine. Um, uh, in the NFC, my top four will be uh, not in any order, but just the division winners in the NFC. I'm going with the Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans Saints, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Los Angeles Rams. And the wild cards, I would probably have to say the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, you know, might have to give it to the San Francisco uh, 49ers. Yeah, so so pretty similar predictions there in the NFC. Uh, we'll move on to the AFC, and then we'll go more in-depth on – who we think will be winning in the playoffs. And the AFC, my four divisional winners, uh, the AFC North is the Steelers. We got the Patriots, the Houston Texans, if they can remain healthy. And then in the AFC West, I think it'll be the Chargers. And then my two wildcard teams, I think the Denver Broncos will make the playoffs in the AFC. And then my fourth AFC team, or I'm sorry, my sixth AFC team, my second wildcard team will be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and yeah, so my four division winners in the AFC, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Houston Texans, the New Orleans, pa- the New England Patriots, excuse me, and um, the uh, the Oakland Raiders, excuse me. Uh, and, and rounding out with the wild cards, I probably have to give it to um, let's see the the Jacksonville Jaguars. I definitely believe will grab a wild card for sure, and uh, a toss up between the Kansas City Chiefs. The uh, the uh, the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. So yeah, that AFC West, like I said, a flip of a coin. I mean, any of those any of those teams could be the division winner or you know becoming a wild card. In my opinion, it is it's definitely crazy over in the AFC West now. Um, but yeah, that that's who I got uh, making it into the playoffs or the AFC. Yeah, the AFC playoffs could go either way. Let's go to. Uh, the two teams who will meet in the AFC and NFC championships. For me, in the NFC, I believe the NFC championship will come down to the Minnesota Vikings, and I think they'll be going up against uh, their rivals, their division rivals, the Green Bay Packers, and I think Minnesota will win that game unlike they did last year and go to the Super Bowl because of that terrific defense. I think they'll be in at home in that game. I think, men, well, obviously, if they're the division winner, they'll be at home, and I think they'll win that game in the AFC. I think it'll be the New England Patriots going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. But the last three years, or I'm sorry, the, it has happened two times in NFL history where a team has made it to three straight Super Bowls, and that was the, the Miami Dolphins in 71, 72, 73, and then the Buffalo Bills where they made it to four straight and lost all four. Are the New England Patriots going to do it this year? I don't think so. I, I think they took a bit of many roster hits this year. Obviously, they still got Tom Brady, but he's aging. He's 41 years old now, and I think they're looking vulnerable, and I think this complete Chargers team will give uh, Brady some problems, and I think the Chargers will make it to the Super Bowl. So in the NFC, I have the uh, Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints making it to the NFC Championship. I'm going to give the New Orleans Saints the nod. I think they're making it to the Super Bowl this year. Um, and over in the AFC, I, I have to give it to New, New England. I just I, I just have to I think the Patriots will definitely make the AFC championship um, along with, excuse me, uh, the uh, probably if the Pittsburgh Steelers can stay healthy and consistent, they can get it. But I also believe that the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars could definitely make it. Um, I want the Texans. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say uh, the Texans and Patriots in the AFC championship, but I think that the Texans with the young starting quarterback – just won't be able to will be able to take on the New York New England Patriots and I yet again I have to say that the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl um, meeting up against the New Orleans Saints and um, I'm just going to jump right into my Super Bowl winner I'm going to say the Saints are winning it all this year yeah that's that's a that's a good pick with the Saints I think they're a very complete team uh, I just don't know if that defense is ready yet but uh, who knows Drew Brees very clutch experienced quarterback so my Super Bowl winner between the Chargers and the Vikings 
I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings with that defense. We've seen many times before. A, a good example is the 2015 Broncos, where when you got when you have a defense that's that good, creating havoc for these quarterbacks, uh, it really it really works. And we saw that with Tom Brady being bothered by Von Miller, and then in the Super Bowl, Cam Newton, uh, Von Miller ended up winning Super Bowl MVP. And and the Vikings not only have a great defensive front with Everson Griffin, but but uh, the secondary they've got Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes. We never even really went into how good that defense was, and Mike Zimmer. Uh, great defensive-minded head coach. I think the Vikings will go on and win the Super Bowl this year. And, and yeah, it really, it's fair to say that the Vikings could win it all. Where we're sitting at right now as NFL fans, um, you know, a lot happens in those 16, in those 17 weeks. Uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of, you know, inconsistency happens. So, it's really fair to say that the Patriots, the Texans, the Jaguars, Steelers, uh, the Vikings, the Saints, they all have a shot at, at winning the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I believe the Saints are just the most well-rounded uh, team in the league and that uh, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, arguably the best running back duo in the league. Alvin Kamara is, uh, is, gonna, is just getting better. Um, the wide receiver core is always very solid. Drew Brees, a top-five quarterback in this league, very underrated, uh, very clutch. And the defense is really stepping it up. I just feel, you know, they were so close last year with Minnesota uh, that, you know, they were, it was just it was taken away from them by Stephon Diggs so late in the game and that, you know, the Saints are just right there and that this next year they're only getting better. And as long as, you know, um, you know, if say Drew Brees goes down, they have, they have Teddy Bridgewater there to, to hold him down, you know, uh, at the bare minimum. Yeah. No. If, they, if they don't want to rely on their passing game, they got, like I said, Kamara and Ingram, two very, very good running backs. Um, it's just, I feel like the Saints are just right there and uh, at least NFC championship losers this upcoming season um that's that's the least i'd give to them is the nfc championship losers i that's how much that's how high i am on the new orleans saints yeah i can 100 percent see where you're coming from and one thing that sean payton did last year that obviously helped was get a running game for drew Brees and and obviously build that defense with marshawn Lattimore in the first round and look at what the saints did in the draft last year marshawn Lattimore, uh who's one of the greatest young quarterbacks in the nfl Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramchick, right tackle for the Saints, who's one of the best right tackles in the NFL. I, I mean, no one really talks about him since he's an offensive lineman, but super important piece for that Saints running game. They also got Marcus Williams, who obviously at the end of that game, we all know what happened. But he's a terrific safety in the NFL. And I think – and he seems very motivated after what happened in uh, Minnesota. So uh, this draft class is just absolutely incredible that the Saints had. And, and I just think that – there's very good things for the Saints. There's a very good chance that they could win in the NFC. So, uh, yeah, you make very good points about the Saints. But anyway, like I was saying, Sean Payton gave Drew Brees this running game, this defense, and he doesn't have to go out there and throw for 400 yards and, and still the Saints lose. Like, he could throw for 200 yards and have a great uh, running game, have more dump-off passes like he normally does, and, and rely on, on his running and defense. Right, yeah, definitely. So, uh, is there anything else that you would like to touch touch on, or, or are we uh, are we good? That's all I got. You know, just just want to say that it really the NFL right now, as uh, from the outside looking in, you know, like I said, a lot can happen in those seventeen weeks. Um, you know, a lot of injuries happen that we would never see coming. Um, who knows? You know, the Chicago Bears could could even you know be right on Green Bay's tail in the NFC North. Uh, the Denver Broncos can grab the first spot in the AFC West. We just don't know. Uh, the NFL is very, very uh, much of a flip of a coin. So, uh, like I said, as a fan from the outside looking in, we can only give our predictions um, very minimal knowledge of, of what to uh, what to spit out. I think week four, once, uh, once week four is done and over with, we can give some more accurate predictions because that's when it really starts to kick into high gear. But uh, right now, really, it's all just predictions. Anything goes, I believe. And, uh, yeah, I just it's, – it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm super excited for the NFL. NFL, personally, is my favorite sport to watch because of how unpredictable it is and how crazy it is every year. Every, every year, those, those playoff games that are super fun to watch, the Super Bowls are always great – or not always, but most of the time, the Super Bowl tends to be very good, very fun to watch and exciting. And I'm just super excited for the NFL this year. Definitely. So, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. I really enjoyed it. And everyone, 
who's listening, if you haven't heard, make sure to tune in to the N1 podcast. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank, uh, I appreciate you having me on today, man. Had a blast. Uh, first time I've sat down and talked some NFL in a while, uh, since, since last season, really. Um, haven't really been following it as much. So I definitely appreciate you bearing with me here today uh, and having me on. Definitely go follow me on Instagram at the M1 Podcast. For those of you listening, um, I talk, uh, I talk uh, mainly NBA, but, you know, throwing some college hoops every once in a while. Uh, my, pod, my next episode is coming out tomorrow. Um, so definitely go check that out. Some good stuff and follow me on Instagram as well, please. Uh, but yeah, like I said, thank you for having me on, man. Had a blast. Yeah, I had a, bl- uh, I had a blast too. Um, it was great having you on. And I have also have an Instagram account at your NBA viewpoints for anyone that wants to join, send in NBA uh, opinions that you have, and we will post them and discuss what, what we think about them. So yeah, uh, I had a blast. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and we'll see you later. Definitely, man. Peace out. Peace out.